A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I'm talking to you parents about what not to say to your athlete when they're struggling. I know that you care so much and I know that you mean well, but a lot of what you say to your athlete can actually cause confidence issues, even the positive stuff, even the, you know, you trying to be helpful. So I'm going to go over some common mistakes and assumptions that sport parents make when they're talking to their bummed out or injured athlete. And just, you know, I'm going to be a little bold and a little blunt here, but my hope is that you know, talking more about this can help you to be more effective with your kid so that they can be more confident. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hey everybody, it's me, Coach Rebecca Smith, and today I'm talking to you parents. You notice the theme, it's, there's just a lot, of, a lot of good information from parents, for parents, and the reason that I'm starting to talk more to you guys than the athletes is that I have been working with athletes specifically on mental blocks for, well, if you count when I was a coach, like 25 years. Oh my gosh, is that math even right? Um, But I've been working specifically on the mental side of sport for about six or seven years in private practice. And literally all I do all day, every day is help, you know, the 11, 12, 13 year old level six or seven or eight gymnast overcome their fear of going backwards. And that, of course, you know, they're figure skaters, they're divers, there are um, cheerleaders, there are plenty of other athletes who are not exactly in that bucket that struggle with mental blocks. But if you have an athlete that age, like I'm talking to you. Um, and what we notice, the whole crew of coaches that have assembled, is that there are kids who break through easily. They break through, they stay unstuck, they build this lasting confidence. It's awesome. I mean, it's not a quick fix because it's a permanent fix, but they move through, you know, in like a couple of months, you know, one to three months, they go from a gnarly mental block to like feeling great, you know, showing major progress. Their coaches have sort of like learned how to coach them. They've learned how to request that they're being coached. Anyway, there are certain kids who are like, boom, amazing. Like they broke through and we're so proud of them. Then there are some kids that are just staying stuck. They're just staying stuck. And like, we have our, our coaches meeting and we're like, okay, what, like, what is the thing that is keeping these certain kids stuck? And we are now crystal clear that the thing that keeps these kids stuck is a lack of trust. It's a lack of trust. And this comes from the parents and the coaches. So a hundred percent of the time when a kid is staying stuck, they're doing what we're recommending and they're staying stuck. It's because 
there's a lack of trust with their parent or a lack of trust with their coaches. Their gym feels unsafe. They have abusive coaching. Or now here's the thing. Like, it's not abusive parenting. Y'all parents are like, what am I doing wrong? It's not that. It's actually parents who really care, who are really interested in their kids being successful because they love them so much and they're so worried and they're stressed out and they're Googling things late into the night because they want to figure out how to fix it for their kid and they really are trying so hard. And those parents who care a lot um, are actually causing some of this lack of trust because of some of the ways that they're talking to their kids. Um, now I'm going to give you a couple of concrete examples of things that like were said to me, my, our coaches all got, get together once a month and we were talking about all the things our parents did right, the things our parents didn't do quite so right. And there were some themes. So for you parents, we're looking to increase your Rolodex of tools, Rolodex. You guys know, you know what a Rolodex is. Kids don't. <laughs> but like increase your, your stockpile of tools so that you can know how to better support your kid. I'm going to give you some suggestions today. Also, I want to mention if you have an athlete who is actively struggling with a mental block or fear, meaning that they try to do a skill that they are physically able to do and it doesn't work, sometimes it feels like fear, sometimes it feels like their brain won't let them. I have created a whole free training that is an hour long. I know that's like a million years in sport parent time, but you can check it out on demand. So I'm going to give you the link. It's completeperformancecoaching.com slash free. So there is a recording that you can access right away. If you click that link and you're like, I have an hour in the car or whatever, or I'm doing the dishes or I'm folding the laundry, you can just put the training on and it's going to tell you exactly what to do and what not to do if your athlete has a mental block. So again, completeperformancecoaching.com slash free. Check it out. You can grab one of the live ones or you can just go and check out that recording when you are available. I know time is of a premium. Okay, so there's that. Check that out. It's free. Tell a friend. I'm trying to improve these kids' lives by helping parents parent their kids more effectively in these, you know, really scary situations that these kids are feeling like they're in. Okay, so here are a couple things to not say to your athlete. And it's like, this is the one that came up the most in our coaches meeting was that the athlete comes home after a bad day. Maybe they're in pain. Maybe they're in mental struggle. Maybe they're in emotional struggle or social struggle. Something is just not working for them at the gym. You know, like, oh, my ankle hurts so bad or my mind hurts, my spirit hurts, whatever it is. They come home and they're kind of beside themselves. And parents, you know, a lot of the times will be like, you don't have to keep doing this if it's too hard or if it's too painful or if it's too scary or like, why are we doing this? Now, not everybody is like that. Some people are like, you got to get through the struggle before you can quit. But that response of like, I'm going to give you permission to quit because I care about you because I don't want you to struggle or suffer because watching our kids suffer is unbearable. That's not what they want. Like they, so then these kids start to feel like they can't come to you and vent when really all they want to do is be like, my coach is so mean and everybody's better than me and I hate it and gymnastics is the worst. They don't want permission to quit. They actually don't want to quit. They love their sport. I know this does not make any sense. They love it. They don't want to quit. It's part of their identity. They just want you to say, oh, honey, what a bummer. I'm so sorry you had a bad day. Here's your dinner. Good night. <laughs> like that's, They don't actually want to quit. They don't want permission to quit because when you say, do you want to just quit? What they hear is, my mom doesn't think I'm strong enough to get through this or my mom doesn't believe in me or she thinks I'm broken too or she, you know, that's what they're going to hear when you 
give up on their sport. That Q word means that you're giving up on them. So instead, you know, if they're, if they have an injury, get it checked out. That's the best way to go. Like, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry that that's still hurting you. Let's go, um, whatever. Let's go to the doctor. Let's get it checked out. Let's go to PT. Let's go get more information. Because once you get more information, then you can make some confident decisions. And a lot of the time, if kids are hurting and they think every time they come to you and say that they're hurting, you're going to tell them to quit, they're not going to tell you anymore. Then they're going to be in pain and they're not going to mention it to their coach because coach, you know, they think their coach thinks they're making excuses. So they're like, I'm tough. I'm tough. They don't want to tell you because they think you'll make them quit. So they just hobble around and then their skills go sideways because their brain is like, this is painful. I don't want to do this. So compassion. They don't usually want you to solve their problems. Actually, they don't probably ever want you to solve their problems unless they literally say the words, mom, what should I do? Then by all means, you tell them like, this is my wise mother perspective or father. Fathers are allowed to in this conversation. But if they're not asking you for help or support or advice, all they want is a, oh, hon, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that they were mean to you. I'm so sorry that your coach was a grump today. I'm so sorry that your ankle hurts. I'm so sorry. How can I support you? That question is gold. And they'll usually look at you like, I don't know, whatever. I'm just like, feed me. And then you feed them, take their word for it. So instead of giving them permission to quit, give them permission to not be okay for a little while and still want to keep doing it. I know it doesn't make sense, but that's that's what's real most of the time with these kids. Okay, on the topic of like minor injuries, you know, some of us have a little bit of a complainer. I have a little bit of a complainer on my and my family team. They take turns actually. And I also am a complainer from time to time. And sometimes I'll be like, what I want to say is, uh-huh, you're fine. Like, I don't think you're going to die from that little scrape on your knee. Like, let's stop carrying on. That's what my mom did. Bless you, mom, if you're listening. I love you. It's okay. I forgive you. But she'd be like, you're fine. Keep going. Are you bleeding? I don't see any bones. Keep Like, she just was like, I don't want to hear it about injuries. She was like zero compassion when it came to any physical injury. Don't get me wrong. Like we went to the hospital and got our casts when we broke our bones, but she was just sort of like, yeah, 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 you're fine. And so what that did was like, it just created this disconnect between me and my body where again, I was like, okay, well, I guess I just got to keep going. So by the time I retired from gymnastics at 14, I had a bad back, bad ankle, bad wrist. I just was in so much pain all the time. We didn't really get anything checked out because we were just like, eh, it's fine. And then as a coach, I later on was like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And here's the thing, like a lot of the time these kids just want somebody to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that you're in pain, you poor thing. I'm not going to make you quit. I'm not going to make you take a week off school and go to the clinic to get completely poked and prodded. But I'm going to let you know that, oh, I'm so sorry that you're that you're not feeling well. What can I do to help? You know, do you want some ice? You, like, what can I do? So that whole like you're fine thing, maybe they are fine. Maybe they are whining. Maybe they just want your attention. But like, what's so bad about giving them that attention if that's what they're really craving? I learned that with my little ones and now they're bigger. And like, they are super tough because every time they get hurt, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Ouchie. And then they dust themselves off and they're like, it's okay, mom. I'm okay. Instead of me being like, you're fine. And then they're like, I'm not fine. It's funny how this works. So that whole you're fine thing goes along with like feelings. 
Now, I, this can be, I do not want to gender stereotype here, but I guess I'm going to a little bit. This happens a little more with dads, at least the conversation that we had with our coaches. Not my dad, really, but whatever. Sometimes the dads will be like, no crying in gymnastics, no feelings. And some, you know, that would have been more likely to be my mom, you know, like we just, you know, like pull it together. You're fine. Pull yourself up from your bootstraps. Keep on going. And that's just like, sometimes you need to cry. There is so much stress that needs to be released. There's so much anxiety. There's so much bodily activation that is happening during the course of them competing or even just training big, hard skills or like having the pressure on. They need their feelings to come up, especially when they're in the car on the way home. You know, like if they are falling apart in the car, that means that they feel safe to fall apart in front of you and they don't feel like it's bad or wrong. And if they don't cry those tears out in the car, then they're going to pop up on the, on the beam, you know, or at the meet or they're in there. The feelings are in the body. And if they are not released, it's like whack-a-mole and they're going to pop up at a time when you do not want them to. So I think the best time to have those tears flow is in the car on the way home, you know, or in the shower. But like that whole idea of no crying, obviously there's a time and place, but as parents, when they're not actively competing, let them cry, let them feel just like, oh my gosh, it, it seems like you're so sad. I love you so much. How can I support you? Okay. Try not, if we get uncomfortable and we're like, oh, I don't know what to do with this, then that gets to be a problem. Okay. Um, one thing I'm going to touch on just briefly because it came up in our, our coach's powwow, but I'm not the expert on this. I will give you that caveat is talking about food. So of course, parents, oh, this is so hard. I try to get all the different food groups and all the different colors onto my kids' plates and all they want to eat is macaroni and sugar. That's it. That's all they want to eat is macaroni and sugar. My husband is like way more lenient and it's just, it's a struggle. That's what I'm trying to say here. So the thing we don't want to do is get controlling about their diet, especially labeling foods good or bad. Now, my friend, Christina Anderson, the gymnast nutritionist, she is the go-to for all the info that you're looking for, for how to talk to your kid about food. Like the worst thing you can do is be like, Ooh, that's bad. Or you've had enough of that because what happens is that then they feel like they have to conceal it from you. So again, we want it to be trust. You don't like, if they feel like they're going to get in trouble for eating a cookie at a birthday party, you know, or having a cupcake, or if they feel like they're going to get in trouble for being injured or for crying, they're not going to share it with you. And if they don't share it with you, then you don't know what's going on. Then you get blindsided when the coach says she hasn't done her back handspring in three months. And you're like, what? She keeps telling me everything's fine. So it's really just about letting them have their process and asking them great questions. In the Perform Happy community, I have a whole, a whole, like a lot of it is now dedicated to the parents. Of course, we still have our like incredible athlete trainings, but we're really pouring love into the parent trainings because the more that you get your parenting in check, the more your athlete actually becomes confident by osmosis. I know that that sounds a little pie in the sky, but that's what we're seeing over and over. As these kids that were stuck, who are maybe even resistant to mental training, their parents start shifting the way that they operate. The kids start coming to them more. It becomes a symbiotic relationship. Then all of a sudden, they're actually taking your advice and they're actually doing what they can to be happier, to be healthier, and to be more successful. A couple more things to not talk about. How much you are financially invested. Now, I know that times can be tough and it is so expensive what you pay between tuition and coaching fees and travel fees and meet fees. And I don't need to trigger all of your PTSD around all of those big giant bills that you pay. 
But sometimes it's natural to see your kid like not trying or not giving it their all or not having fun. And then you like what comes out of the mouth is, do you know how much we're paying for you to be miserable? And what that does is it creates this additional source of stress. So that now, not only is your athlete feeling the weight of the world on their, I'm not good enough, this girl who's seven years old is better than me, I'm not going to get my skills in time, and my family's financial future is now on my shoulders. That creates anxiety, guys, don't you think? If it's if it's causing you anxiety, you don't necessarily need to put that on your child. Now, every family has their own values about how they talk about money and how open they are. And I'm not here to to guide you on that. But what I am going to say is in those moments where you're like, this is too hard for me as a parent, and I am like working two jobs to make this happen for you, that's not the conversation that's useful in that moment. Instead of having them understand you, that's you being like, understand me, kid, then you'll be different, which actually technically is manipulative. I know that's a little bit bold to say. Instead, we want to understand them. It's like if you run into a coach and you're like, here, I want you to understand what my kid needs and what I want. The coach is going to be like, whoa, crazy pants. Instead of you going and talk to a coach and you're like, I want to understand how you're coaching. I want to understand how this is working. Help me to know what's, what is happening here. I want to know how you think. I want to know. You don't get creepy. But like if you go to your kid and you're like, I want to understand, you know, what's going on with the motivation. Okay, and again, I, I teach all of this in great detail, so I cannot <laughs> can't give this to you in one second on a Facebook Live or on a podcast episode, but what I can tell you is just less is more and seek to understand. What can you understand about them and what's going on with them from a curious place rather than a place of your own fear, desperation, worry about finances? That ideally will not be the foundation on which we build our parenting. I know it happens. And so I just wanted to mention that. And then the final thing, when all else fails, just don't talk about gymnastics. Just don't talk about their sport. Don't do it. Don't talk about it in the car. Don't talk about it at home. They don't usually want to talk about it. They've been doing it for four hours or five hours or three hours. They're good <laughs> unless they're like, mom, I did the coolest trick today. I want to tell you all about it. Then you listen and you smile and you high five. If they don't want to talk about it, don't talk about it. It gives them that necessary balance, also creates that trust. They know they're not going to be bracing themselves. The second they get in the car, they're like in tears. They're already stressed. They're like, don't ask me any questions. Oh, of course you're asking me questions. The parents who ask all the questions in the car and at home are the parents whose kids stay stuck. Okay? So there we go. There's a lot of what not to do. Now, I want to also help you with what to do. So like I mentioned in the beginning, there is a free training just for sport parents that's all about if your kid is struggling with fear or mental blocks, how to help them through it without being too controlling or too involved. So this is just for you. This is not for the kid. This is for you to figure out some tricks on how to help them through those struggles. So you can sign up for that, completeperformancecoaching.com slash free. Hopefully you will get a lot out of it. And I will see you again soon. Thanks for hanging out. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.